Hello and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I'm Nick Axelrod Welk. And I am Annie Kriegbaum. That was me waiting for you to ask me how I am for once. Oh, oh got it. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to hear. Things are good. I was told by many a, a reader that the couple, the honeymooners in the White Lotus do in fact rekindle and end up together. And I was completely wrong. It could be because like, I'm never really truly watching anything. I'm like half on my phone, half watching something. That could have been lost in the way that I take in all content. Yet you were so confident in your assessment that they were together and just did not want to hear it from me. I mean, after all, I am a white man, you know, like, so I have a confidence. You are that, right. You know, you know, like, yeah, exactly. I'll start, I can start there. And then it's like, we were in, we can go somewhere from there. But it is the confidence in my beliefs, in my opinions. I, w- this morning, I mean, I know I was like five minutes late to recording. So this is not going to paint me in the most flattering light to you. But Casey and I just Five started- minutes, he says. <laughs> <laughs> Five to eight to ten. Casey and I just started watching the Bob Ross documentary on Netflix this morning. Do you know who Bob Ross is? Of course. Okay, well, there's a lot of intrigue surrounding the rise and sort of estate of Bob Ross. I didn't know that there was controversy. No, nobody did. They just dropped this on us just yeah. through Netflix? Yeah, and guess who produced the documentary? None other than Melissa McCarthy. I actually would have never guessed that. But now I'm like, the wheels are in my head. I'm more already turning. I'm like, so who's going to option the documentary and the story to like make it into a, you know how like Kate McKinnon is playing Carol Baskin for the Tiger King TV series? Who's going to play Bob and Ross? Did you know, Who'd be good? You know, they're who, doing a WeWork series John, John too. John C. Riley. Oh, John what? C. Riley. Oh, yeah. That's a good John one. John C. Riley would be good. No, the WeWork series is Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway, yeah. right? I had no idea that they were doing that. I mean, that just happened. Yeah. Well, have you seen the footage of the WeWork founder? Um, like, uh, in I, I watched a little bit of a Hulu documentary about the founder of WeWork, and he is kind of like a Svengali, larger-than-life kind of guy. You know what this really all just goes to show? The truth is stranger than fiction. <laughs> Your transitions <laughs> you know I mean? sometimes are so, like... <laughs> <laughs> The other thing I'd like to talk about in my life. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, let's keep it on you. Let's let's make this all about you. To kind of circle back is Tuesday of this week was Evelyn Elizabeth Axelrod Welk's six month birthday. Wow. What's yep. the six month milestone? Is, well, she's like pretty much sitting up on her own and She's now starting to eat a little bit more solids and she's teething, which is like really, really sad because there's really nothing you can do. And no one told me, but apparently teething lasts up until they're two years old. But she's like, it's crazy. She's coming alive in a really incredible way. Like she smiles and she, did I tell you that we have Neil back? No. Thank God. That's you really that's the headline. No, wait, 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 wait. That's a headline. So for those who are just catching on to this podcast, my husband and I had two dogs, Radish and Neil. Radish we had first, Neil we got three years later. So Radish is five, Neil is two. Neil, since we've had him, has been like pretty hyperactive and has like a screw loose. He just is a little unpredictable. And he would 
nip, which is like the dog lover's <laughs> word for bite, people who were coming into the house, friends, Never me, family. Though. No, it, it was kind of random. I mean, like he bit Casey randomly just for like touching the wrong part of his neck or something. Anyway, as we were getting ready to have Evie at home, it just became increasingly clear that it wasn't a risk we wanted to take. As you can probably imagine, like little babies will like poke and prod and pull hair of dogs. And I couldn't in good conscience say that there was no way Neil would react and cause harm. The Braddish, you could step on her face and she would be sad, but she would never... Like, she just doesn't have it in her, and Neil has it in him. And then for the first few weeks, we were at home, and we had Neil and Radish. Neil just, like, didn't understand his own strength, his own physicality. He would try to, like, play with the baby, but he just, like, was clumsy and would bite the nanny. Anyway, we had found a home for him with our former night nurse, who loved him and adored him. And then she last week said she was going to Costa Rica, where she's from originally for a month, and would we watch him? And I was like, of course, thinking maybe like he had been reformed. And then when she brought him over, she was like, yeah, he bites my grandson all the time. And we were like, okay, we're getting like this Cujo dog. And so he's been back for a week. I asked on Instagram if anyone wanted to like take Neil for a few weeks because I was just like overwhelmed by this, by sort of managing everything. And a few people were like, yeah, I'll do it. And then guess what? Everyone went silent. When push came to shove and drop off details were to be coordinated, (laughs) everyone scattered like roaches when you turn on the lights. So we have Neil who actually, like, yesterday was the cutest thing. Like, he was, like, spooning Evie. And Evie loves Neil more than Radish because Neil's, like, funny. Neil is funny. Neil's and a little I Muppet. A He's, like, a little violent little Muppet with one little testicle. Yeah, he was, like, doing his little, like, one testicle thing. And Evie was belly laughing yesterday, just, like, watching him. Like, it was, like, comedy. We didn't get and a I video? Was like, oh, God. We didn't get a video? You know what? I don't have to capture everything Nick, on you're on your phone all the time Mark anyway. Zuckerberg. So <laughs> I don't have to give it to Tim Cook and Mark Zuckerberg. Like, every single thing I do, some things I do just for... I, Nick, you know what weren't I you just complaining about the, how you were on TikTok instead of spending mind. time with your daughter? Like... fine anyway annie how are you i'm fine i had a really frustrating week in dallas i mean i liked being in dallas but people there just really don't it hasn't landed with them that like covid is killing people Like, it really just hasn't Last landed. You were, like, singing a different tune. You were saying well, how she is, is and very it's amazing chic. and everyone's amazing. Right, right, right. But then you go into, like, the – like, I, I did something stupid and I joined a gym because I was, like, if I'm down here, I need, like, a place to get out of the house. It's too hot to, like, go on long walks outside. And so I joined this, like, $10 a month thing just so I could use the treadmill and watch Jeopardy for half an hour, you know. And it's kind of a meat gym. It was, like, I walked into the bat. I've never have I seen in my life – I personally could never take a – selfie in public but like in the public part of the locker room there were like girls taking like ass photos and stuff like tiktoking awesome. it was just like really bodybuilding kind of meat heady culture cool. you know like waist trainers yes oh my the amount of weight i've never seen okay, a waist cool. trainer in the wild this sounds like a great vibe yeah no it was so frustrating like i'm a gym manners snob you know you do your set you get up curtsy and then move yeah. to the next but then, like, everybody there was, like, on their phone, talking on their phone, working out on Instagram between, you know, like, wouldn't get off the fucking thing. And, like, it was just a really frustrating experience. And then you see the COVID rates going up. Nobody's wearing masks. 
I was like the only one in this gym of 80 people working out, wearing a fucking mask. I just like don't know what like what is going through their heads. And then same time, I since I was kind of like isolated from my normal life, I as one does, you spend a lot of time on like Instagram and like I guess yeah. like a bunch of TikTok content's getting regurgitated onto Instagram now. And so like now I've seen all the videos, I've seen all the like trendy dances and shit. Mm-hmm. And I sent them to you. I sent. Like I'm a savage. I sent you those ratchet. And then there's energy. that. Din, 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 and everybody's like doing like the hand. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Din, 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 it's like din, 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 they like ask din, questions. Din, din. It's so dumb. I'm like nobody's ever asked you this question in your entire life. Like <laughs> these dances. I'm like people are gonna look back at this stuff and be so like, what? Like Gen Z. Like for a generation that thinks they're gonna change the it's world. Really fucking cool. <laughs> they are really really cheesy. I'm so confused about the boy culture on TikTok. The pretty oh, boy I love culture. The, the hype house guys. Yeah. Are they the hype house guys? Because I think the guys that I kept well, on seeing. Well, the hype house guys like started it. Because mm, the, the ones that I keep seeing on Instagram are like German. I think they're all like trying to replicate the hype house. So there's like a second tier hype house, which I forget the name. It's all these like white boys with like straight Disney Prince hair. Yes. Or like floppy Justin Bieber Super hair. Super white teeth. And they're weird like Cheshire cat grin. Yeah. Do they just make these videos all day? And it's also like they're too young to really know what sexuality is in some ways. And so like their version of sexuality is like really crass and not at all nuanced. But that said, I love Noah Beck. Which one is that? He dates Dixie D'Amelio. What I kind of like about him is he's not afraid to embrace his feminine side. He was like a soccer player. Is he a hype house boy? Yeah. But he just seems nice and not a douche and like charming and friendly. Like all the other ones seem like douchebags who would just be mean, like (laughs) idiots. Yeah. And mean to girls. And like Noah Beck seems great. But so anyway, Dallas. I'm back. I'm back, baby. Back in the Big Apple. From the Lone Star State to the Big Apple, the Diamond Creek bomb story. With that, should we do top stories? Yes. My favorite piece of news this week was kind of like if a tree falls in the forest and no one was there to hear it, did it really make a sound? Like, if you take a stance on pornography and then reverse your stance on pornography like was there actually any news only fans this week early in the week declared that they were going to ban all pornographic content on its platform in an effort seemingly to appeal to venture capitalists and other types of investors who were having a hard time with the fact that only fans is basically just a porn portal and then like everyone on only fans not that i know mom we're like saying, well, we're going to go to Just for Fans, which is like a very sex work friendly competitor to OnlyFans. And then three days later, OnlyFans is like, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to keep porn on it. So don't worry. So then I don't know. Was that news? It felt relevant. It felt like news. And then it wasn't. So I mean, it was the biggest news story this past week, I would say. I mean, it was all anybody could talk about. Or maybe I just follow a lot of like sex workers and porn stars. <laughs> I mean, the crazy thing about OnlyFans is that the company itself is making so much money and they're also not particularly greedy. Like they only take 20% of their creators monthly fees. Why are they allowed to do that? But Chris Jenner gets shit all the time for taking 20%. Well, I just it's crazy because if you think about that. OK, so not to make this into something it's not, but think about Sephora. <laughs> And a beauty brand, You're right? You're a beauty brand. You want to go into Sephora. Sephora is going to take 
60%. So you make a dollar, Sephora takes 60 cents and gives you 40. And that is the price you pay for the real estate, for the salespeople, for the marketing push, you know, for the email database, etc. And OnlyFans is only taking 20%, a third. I feel like Sephora also just invests so much more than OnlyFans, which basically has to maintain a digital product, right? a group of coders and developers or whatever not whatever these are very important people i just get the nomenclature wrong but people were pissed because a lot of sex workers i saw on twitter were saying like now i have to like go back and meet people in person and that's very dangerous and they're not going to make as much money they're putting their lives at risk and only fans was their way to live a safe and safely yeah. yeah just to put a pin in the sephora thing all i mean to say is like only fans could be a lot greedier in general i just think because they're providing the retail space for these people to create their content and make money so they could i i think would be entitled to take more than 20% I mean, 20% seem light, and yet still OnlyFans is making so much money. OnlyFans expected gross merchandise value, so meaning like their merchandise, meaning like their creators, to grow from $2.2 billion in 2020 to $12.5 billion next year, with net revenue also expected to increase more than fivefold to $2.5 billion by 2022. So meaning... billion will be like the total amount of money like brought in by OnlyFans and then of which the company OnlyFans is making $2.5 billion and they can't find investors because investors are scared of sex. Yeah, that part's pretty silly to me. We should say they're blaming the ban on explicit content on like their payment providers on some like Mm -hmm. prudish bank rules or whatever who are saying that it's because they need to be protected against processing payment for underage, you know, basically like child porn. So it's more complicated, I think, than a lot of people realize in the headline. Yeah. But we are working on getting my only OnlyFans friend (laughs) on the podcast to talk about it. But it has been really like kind of eye opening for me to learn about how sex workers use that platform and, you know, how many lives it would affect in like such like a really negative way should it go away. Speaking of lives going away, did you see this Dr. Bronner story? Yeah, tell me what's going on. So basically Dr. Bronner's is trying to incentivize their workforce, of which 60% are currently vaccinated, to get vaccinated by giving them $1,000. Get vaccinated, get $1,000. Easy. You know, they're not forcing anyone to take that. They're just, it's an incentive. And when they announced it last week, by the way, this article comes from Glossy. When they announced it last week through NPR, I guess like social media, all the like dumb anti-vax <laughs> hippie Dr. Bronner's users were like in an uproar and all these influencers picked it up. So now these wash everything with Dr. Bronner's anti-vax types are like very upset that, you know, they feel cheated by <laughs> their like crunchy granola. <laughs> but they apparently assumed was an anti-vax brand has come out in support of saving lives. I get the most angry in terms of the anti-vaxxer scene, the most angry at the left-leaning hippie anti-vaxxers because like their whole thing is let's all hold hands and sing kumbaya and help our neighbors and not, you know, be at each other's throats and whatever. And like outside of the vaccine debate, they are usually the ones who are like trying to like raise up communities and do community agriculture, like all this stuff. I mean, no, they're not. They're just like selfish, rich. I know these people. I went to college with them. They're just like. It's the most frustrating because like they're not libertarians. They're not into Marjorie Taylor Greene. 
they would say that they were Democrats, but they're just acting so selfishly and it upsets me. It's just such a bummer because sure, you have agency over your own body, but you can't like protect others by getting vaccinated because like hospital beds are full now again and people are dying of strokes because they have a stroke and they like can't get into the hospital. It's insane because people are taking up space because they didn't get vaccinated. They have COVID. Anyway, that's our COVID rant for the week. Dr. Bronner's, we stand with you. I'm going to keep buying your soap that yells at me. Nick, you seemed like you were excited about the sales reports (laughs) of all of our favorite cosmetics. I got very excited about this. It turns out that things are looking up in terms of sales for most global cosmetics conglomerates. Estee Lauder is posting double-digit sales numbers. Also, Ulta Beauty saying that same-store sales are going to rise as much as 32% versus what they had projected, which was 23 to 25%. Bath and Body Works is just killing it. Killing, killing it. it in the game. You know, I think we all sort of anticipated this in the industry that post-COVID, people were going to be like, you know, roaring 20s vibes. I bet these numbers are going to come down again since the Delta variant has surged and things are getting dicey again, but it's nice to see that people are embracing beauty, buying products, discovering new things. Did you see that kind of unfortunate, not to like shit on them, I don't think they did anything wrong. I think that they just had unfortunate timing. Did you see that brand Touchland did that campaign where it was like, the world is open. We're going to go out to clubs again. We're going to make out with strangers. We're going to like touch everything. We're going to lick lampposts. And they really splashed it out on social media. It was kind of after the Delta variant had started to pick up. It was pretty clear that COVID isn't going anywhere. But I totally get being a small brand and you invest in this like campaign that you get really excited about. And it's like they had the choice to like just run with it or pull it. Not to mention like hand sanitizer. We all love it. It's great. Everybody made it. But it's not going to save you from COVID. It's definitely not going to prevent an airborne virus from infecting you. But I don't know if you saw that. People were like really slamming them. I felt kind of bad. Because I totally know that feeling when you're like, "Mm, is this going to work? Is this the right time? (laughs) We've all, I mean, we've all, meaning you and me, have all worked on shoots that are so expensive and then something happens and it's like, fuck, timing is everything. Or the person in the campaign does something horrible, you know, and then suddenly they're like associated with your brand and you're like, fuck. What do we do? What's the most recent example of that? What, like from a big brand? Mm-hmm. Where they've had to like pull Wheaties boxes or something. Oh, well, we kind of have a story. I mean, here's kind of a example. Not a one-to-one, but similar. Your favorite, Lil Nas X, did those blood sneakers. Love. And Nike was pissed. Yep. I don't know how this is related to that, but... But Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk. is making <laughs> skateboards infused with Tony Hawk's blood. I don't think you could give those away. Does anyone want a skateboard with Tony Hawk's blood? Yes. You know, like these middle-aged men collect skateboards, like they like can't help themselves. And they like, is Tony Hawk considered like a god still? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and just like an overall nice guy. I think he's kind of up there with a rock where it's people just love him because he like cannot do anything wrong. So he's making skateboards. How much does one of these skateboards cost? Let me see. Only 100 skateboards will be sold. This is uh, according How to an article blood? in Input Magazine. Each will retail for $500. A portion of the profits will benefit anti-plastic nonprofit Five Guyers, keeping in line with Liquid De- I guess he's involved with Liquid Death, the canned water brand. Their goal to reduce plastic waste. And Hawk's organization, The Skateboard Project, which helps fund public skate parks. Well, Lil Nas X is kind of like, same thing. He's like, hmm, 
interesting. <laughs> He's like, I think yeah. his quote was, people must have been mad about mine for some other reason. In other product news... Tom Sandoval of Vanderpump Rules fame. He's basically the only Vanderpump Rule star standing at this point who, like, is confirmed to be returning for another season. And his girlfriend, Ariana. Ariana Maddox. But Tom Sandoval is one of the Toms, as in Tom Tom, creating a line of bronzers with the men's makeup brand Styx. Strix. Strix. Nick, we covered this in the podcast, remember? (laughs) We had Yasser try it. The launch photo is a very serious image of Tom with a single wisp of hair down his forehead holding a bottle of Strix to his temple in a sort of like modern thinking man's pose, saying that he's excited to announce his new bronzing gel created with Strix. This has been my go-to secret that I'm ready to share with you after a year of formulating in the lab like mad scientists. Designed for every skin tone, layerable for desired tone, and vegan. You should try it and see if it holds a candle to your Tom Ford bronzing gel. Good for them. I'm glad they found like such a perfect fit influencer. He is the like male color cosmetic customer. I agree. He's not afraid to be like, I use some under eye concealer late night at Tom Tom. Yeah, I feel like he has a full face. We would be remiss not to mention, I think, the biggest beauty brand launch announcement this week, which is Ariana Grande, like every celebrity before her, is launching her own beauty line it will notably include hair extensions apparently which great for her i think she should just focus on the hair extensions i don't know have some differentiation here but it's called rem beauty or rem beauty is that something like with her personal brand that i don't know about i mean she had that song oh right was didn't ariana grande have a song called rem i'm more of a barb oh she has a (laughs) She has a perfume, an eau de parfum called R.E.M., and it smells like zephyr, caramel, salt, fig, and quince. You love her other fragrance, God is a Woman, Cloud. Love Cloud. cloud. Here's the thing. She has this one perfume called R.E.M., R.E.M., and now she's creating a full-on makeup line or beauty line. I think what we learned from Rihanna is you have to, like, really care about beauty and makeup. And then you also have to really do something different, as you said, Annie, in order to like actually rise above the rest of the celebrity beauty brands. And this doesn't seem it, but... Well, we don't know yet, right? We don't know. We don't know. And honestly, don't underestimate Ariana Grande. Rosie Huntington-Whiteley is also... Is it Whiteley or Whitley? Great question. Is launching her own beauty brand now. I guess she in a sense, had her beauty brand. It was just an editorial platform called Rose Inc. And now it includes beauty products. They are described as your clean everyday, modern everyday beauty essentials, which tells us a lot. Oh, refillable packaging. I did appreciate that for sure. Love that. And I'm just left wondering, like, why can't more Celebrities just do what Mariah Carey is doing and launch like a totally random thing. Like Irish cream. Irish cream. (laughs) Mariah Carey is launching Irish cream. Have you ever had Irish cream? No. Do you like put it in your coffee? You don't even know. You're asking the wrong person. (laughs) I think Irish cream is not the same as Kahlua. 
That's coffee liqueur. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what a white yeah. Russian is. Right. I don't know what you make with Irish cream, but I guess Mariah Carey loves it because she made a brand of Irish cream liqueur called Black Irish. It's two years in the making, she said. I love when people like brands and celebrities are like, it took me a year to develop this. I'm like, that's how long it just takes. <laughs> <laughs> that's like pretty quick. It's like actually not that much time to make a physical <laughs> product. I know. Speaking of products that didn't need a year to make because they've been around since the dawn of time, but you know what? You can just take something and repackage it and have another hit on your hands. Got to be, which I found out just this past week, all the TikToker, Instagram influencers use on their eyebrows to like select them into place. You know, the got to be like hair gel. Got to yeah, be. Yeah, the number. Yep. For those that don't know, it's like the go-to like stronghold hair gel that you can get basically at like the grocery store. It's like everywhere since like the, I don't know, late 90s. They wised up to the fact that all these influencers are using it on their eyebrows and they've just put it in a freaking mascara tube with a wand and made a freaking eyebrow gel with it. Brilliant. This is the kind of innovation that we need in the beauty industry. Thank you, got to be. They saw a need. They jumped on it. And it's called glue, right? It's called like eyebrow glue. Yeah, glued. Got to be glued. For brows and edges. And it's only available in Europe right now, but it will be stateside soon. This is according to Trend Mood. Thank you, Trend Mood. Okay, we have some reader-submitted tips and questions that we would like to address. While we've already addressed the fact that Nick was wrong, so thank you, readers, for mm-hmm. your support. You know, those that see me, see me, and I appreciate that you guys are just on my side. Somebody also pointed out to us, I think in response to something you said about Kim Kardashian hanging out with Michelle Lemie. Yes, Rick Owens' partner. Who is like notoriously very fashion in the most like avant-garde sense. Yes. Very witchy. Nick was saying like, these two don't hang out. Like they have nothing in common. What is a Kardashian going to do with a fashion witch? And one of our lovely readers wrote in and she just wanted us to know. You don't have to wonder what it's like when Kim Kardashian and Michelle LeMay, is it LeMay or LeMay? LeMay, I think. LeMay hang out. They did an Instagram live together last year. It's Googleable if you're interested, which I feel like is a little bit of shade. <laughs> I think she wants us to do our research. She said Michelle is wearing skims and keeps mm. saying she wants to do a performance with Kim. It's actually pretty sweet. So there you go. There you go. Thank you, reader. And then we had another reader write in that wanted our product development slash formula expertise on something. She has been seeing a Peter Thomas Roth, I guess, like under eye revitalizer. It's called like an under eye lift product all over TikTok. I guess this like video went viral. There's like this more mature beauty influencer on TikTok. And actually the video is insane. I'm going to send it to you so you can see. This reminds me of, do you remember when we were at Into the Gloss, there was a treatment that you could get at some dermatology offices that was like a under eye bag. I think it's probably the same type of formula. The same technology, yeah. It was like surgery free. Okay, I'm watching. Basically what's happening is this woman is using the product real time. She pats it on under her under eye bag. She has like quite pronounced under eye bags, which are like physical. I didn't think that anything could really improve that. That's a topical at least. And in real time on TikTok, she pats this cream on and her under eye bags just get slurped back into her skin and like the area becomes like so smooth. It's insane. And so our reader Katie was asking, what's the deal? Is this real? And it is real, Katie. I looked at the ingredient list and really it's because of the salts that are in the formula. 
So you just have to look at the top of the ingredient list. You'll find usually like alcohol and water (laughs) at the top. But then just below that, you can see like basically what the key ingredients are that are really making the formula do what it says it is doing. And everything else below that is basically in the formula, like 1% or below and isn't doing a whole, whole lot. But it has three salts in the formula, which apparently they work to tighten skin like real time. And they basically constrict the body tissues because it's the salt and, you know, salt dries things out. You know, you eat salty chips and your mouth gets all like dry and the skin gets very tight and constricted. And that's like what's happening to your face. So the skin contracts as the product sits on the skin. And so that's why you get that immediate tightening effect. But it's also temporary. It's temporary. Right. I personally would not want to put a salt, like a drying substance like that on my skin on a regular basis. But if you need like a quick fix, maybe like for a Zoom call or something, this could work for you. Yeah, it seems like it also, I mean, I, we should probably try it because I don't know if it would be comfortable. Where would you try it, though? I don't actually have any under eye bags. Sorry. <laughs> you lasered them away. Well, anyone who's tried the product, can you guys get at us and tell us whether it works? And how your skin is like doing today. <laughs> yeah, how your skin's doing today. Speaking of which, I forwarded Annie an article yesterday that she decided not to include in our top stories document, which was that Jessica Chastain... Oh, I should preface this by saying that I am a Chastaniac. <laughs> I love Molly's Game. <laughs> what? It's like one of my favorite movies. She really? can do no wrong. Love Jessica Chastain. She is a movie star. She's talented. She's beautiful. What else has she been in? So many things. <laughs> like? Don't Google it. Don't Google it. She plays like a young Helen Mirren in this one movie and like about Israeli spies maybe she's in that movie with oscar isaac where they play like a mafia family called like an unfortunate history or something and then she's also in molly's game (laughs) (laughs) and um she was also in the help (laughs) and i just love i love her anyway she is starring as tammy faye baker in the new biopic called the eyes of tammy faye And she was quoted recently as saying that her skin has never been the same since wearing the amount of makeup and prosthetics that it took to transform into Tammy Faye Baker. Did she go into specifics? So in an interview with the Los Angeles Times, Jessica Chastain says, you know, she eats super well. She takes care of her skin. She stays out of the sun. But she's blaming the heaviness, the sheer heaviness of the makeup and the prosthetics Wearing it every day, she says, the weight of it on your body, it stretches your skin out. I finally took it off and I was like, I look 50 years old. No, I'm kidding, but it's fine. It's for my art. I mean, she it's a miraculous transformation into Tammy Faye Baker. And I'm really excited as a Chastaniac to see that movie. It took her about four hours every day to get the makeup done. The longest time it ever took was seven hours in the chair. Well, Nick, I think that's all the top stories this week. We don't have an interview for you. We do, however, have our products of the week. Annie, what do you got? Well, I bit the bullet and I ordered some Violet underscore FR products because somebody promised a hookup, couldn't deliver. Violet. (laughs) No. You. She's busy. It's fine. I'm happy to support a very thoughtful and talented makeup artist who has just launched her own brand. So I ordered a few products, but the one that I've tried so far, and I really like it, first impressions are like it's a winner. 
is her version of a sheer matte lipstick, which is called Bizu Balm. And the shade I'm wearing today is called Batiste. And it blows every other sheer matte lipstick out of the water. And as you know, I'm very familiar with sheer matte lipsticks since Glossier launched. Probably, I believe, was the first version of one. And now, like, a bunch of brands do them. But this one's really great. It's so comfortable to wear. The color payoff is exactly what you want. I really actually hate wearing color on my lips. And this looks great. I would wear this all the time. You can put it on without even looking in the mirror. And it feels so comfortable. It doesn't dry you out. She really nailed it with this formula. You should definitely order it. She's incredibly talented, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. How much is it going to set us back? Let me check on that for you. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I ordered it when I saw that like this color had sold out, but it was back in stock. So I was like, okay, shit, I just better do it. It's $25 and you should just not even think about it. Just take my word for it and order it. That's all I have to say. Shout out to Violette. My product of the week, I'm actually wearing it. Since I got it, I haven't taken it off. It is our friend Esther Pavitsky's Sleepover by Esther tie-dyed sweats collection. Oh, it's tie-dye. Nick, I really thought you were wearing a cow print, like (laughs) one of those weird like adult pajama outfits. No, it is a black and white tie-dyed hoodie with a lime green Sleepover by Esther logo. And the fit is really incredible. It's like kind of cut boxy and slouchy, but not overly so. And Esther, I've been texting a lot with her. She's like doing this on her own with her own money, learning how to build a business and a fashion business at that. And I really respect it. And I want everyone to support Sleepover by Esther. She does different drops and she's really meticulous about the different types of tie dyes that she does, the color combinations, the patterns. I'm wearing, I think it's called like the Twilight Zone collection, which is again, black and white tie-dye. Now that I see it like more pulled out, I can see that it's black and white tie-dye, but in the frame and the low resolution that Nick is coming through my screen, it really did look like he was wearing like a cow print hoodie, like adult pajama thing. Oh, you meant like one of those like onesies? Yeah, I thought you were wearing like some weird, I thought it was like, (laughs) that you were trying trying to like get a laugh. No, 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 no. (laughs) And I wasn't going to give it to you. (laughs) No, this is 100% sleepover by Esther. Her stuff sells out really quickly, but hoodies are $98. Sweatpants are $98. Right now she has two collections available for purchase. One is called Sad Malibu Barbie, which is like pink and periwinkle and black. And then the other one is the Twilight Zone collection. But like a lot of the sizes are sold out. So I would recommend going to sleepoverbyester.com and buying something immediately and supporting a small business and a friend of the pod. With that, we bid you adieu. Eyewitness Beauty is produced by Jessamine Molly of Seaplane Armada. Our theme music is by Danny Prezant and our cover art is by Simon Abronowitz. You can follow us on Instagram at eyewitnessbeauty. You can email us at hi at eyewitnessbeauty.com. And you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and talk about why you like the show and why you think others might like it too. And next week we'll be back with a really interesting and relevant conversation about people's, specifically mine and others like me, who've had evolving relationships with alcohol during quarantine and lockdown and post-lockdown with an expert on the topic that I am so excited that we were able to speak to. So make sure to tune in next week and hit us up if you have to say something to us. And we love you and we miss you. 
and we're happy to be back. Thank you.